innovation is in our veins Soon the whole world will know our names Sharing our knowledge and freedom reign We here for the people, you know it's our way Setting foundations is part of the dream It doesn't matter if you're new to the game Listen up now, cause we all gon' say Ugh. Elevate, elevate, elevate Higher, elevate, elevate, elevate Higher, we gon' rise up Shine. Work through adversity, stay on the grind. Elevate, elevate, this is our time. Elevate, elevate. Welcome to the Elevate Podcast, everyone. It's so great to see all of you one more time. It's your boy Josh Dalton, and we are grateful to be here with you. We've got a lot to get into, so much to get into. Holy uh, smokes. Another week, more drama, more politics. It's all gone down. You know? Yeah, what the heck has happened and, to our uh, country, bro? <laughs> It's our job to talk about it. Oh, we're going to talk about it, all right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's so much to get into. Uh, we are going to talk about, you know, Nova Scotia solar power stuff. And, like, Tim Houston standing up for citizens. Wow, that, that's honestly new. Uh, and then we'll be getting into, um, you know, tension mounting between Washington and Kiev. And the... Maybe the golden egg, the trucker convoy. Yeah, the one that everyone wants to talk about uh, all of a sudden. And everything parliament and government related with that. Yeah, we're going. We're getting into all of it. Um, there is so much to touch on and get into. Uh, if you're not fatigued by the time this episode airs, well, you're really gonna be tired by the end of this one. So <laughs> you can't can't relate because we're gonna be. We're going honk honk. Here we go. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the truckers be like, yeah, <laughs> dude, that was probably my, honestly, uh, say, say what you want about the, the truckers, this, that, the other, that's probably my favorite spam portion on Twitter I'm seeing is mm-hmm. that's how most people who are in support of the convoy have been spamming people who are against it. Anytime yeah. it's like, these truckers are racist. You just see a line of comments, honk, honk. And I'm like, this is too much, man. These people are a whack. Oh, you know what? <laughs> uh, maybe it's just like the age we grew up on the internet. I love a good internet troll. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, dude. I am, oh, I'm, I'm literally too good at it. They're funny. Yeah, it is. It's like, it's one of those things, if you don't take yourself too seriously, you laugh at it. You have to laugh at it because it's comical. Uh, Absolutely. It's not that, like, there's parts of it that are that deep. Yeah, the trolls are. It's not that deep. The no. trolls are not that deep. Literally, like if anyone knows that it would be us, especially since I think uh, I did that live Friday Elevation show and someone threatened to come tear, tear up our studio live. Really? <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell you about that. No. Oh man, it was great. It was near the end of the show, and someone's like, "Hey, where's your studio? I want to come and tear it up because I hate you guys." Oh my God! Come out, dog. Bring your boys. Gee. Don't bring it. We got homies too, dog. Let's go. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. I love that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there's so much to get into. And we're grateful that you're with us one more time. So, please, um, we'll take this moment to please like, subscribe. Share it with your friends. Share it on socials. We see every notification, and it means the world to us. Trust me, um, we wouldn't have a season three, you know, if it weren't for you guys. So. Absolutely. Um Grateful, 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 grateful. And we appreciate y'all um, keeping us honest um, with our show um, mm. because, you know, we put out last week's episode and judging by the analytics, y'all didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> you hated it. They all hated it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the algorithm didn't like it. No. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was like, fair play, you know, so we're going to go back to what y'all like. And that's us just getting into that's right. the gravy. So that'd be business news, politics related. We're getting yeah, into all of it. 
politics. Yeah. Yep. Elevate politics. Here we go. Yep. Elevate politics. <laughs> Straight up. Here we are. So first off, let's get into this Nova Scotia power charging for solar. So a lot of people know this Dogs story. Charging for sunlight. Yeah, bro. I mean, hey, whatever it takes, man. Um, get, hustle, hustle. Yeah, you know? whatever. Whatever pays Peter Gregg's bills, eh? Yeah, for real. Whatever gets you that nice little bonus at the end of the year. Uh, so That's right. this Global News article says, Nova Scotia Power's proposed fee for solar homeowners draws pushback from installers. Surprise, surprise. No way. Really? All right, let's see what this says. A Nova Scotia oh, no. Power proposal to charge fees for customers who sell power back to the grid has drawn heated criticism from solar installers who say it will damage the emerging industry. The utility applied Thursday before the Utility Review Board for a monthly fee of about $8 per kilowatt of electricity, which in a typical town kilowatt photovoltaic solar installation would amount to about $960 annually. That much? I didn't know it was that much. Yeah, bro. Dude, they're so good at it. Like, they're so... Monopolies are so good at taking money from us, man. It's fantastic. What? I learned to not laugh during that sentence because you said they're going to start charging you a fee to sell power back to the grid. Yeah. That classic. Um, I think you have to be sick to believe that that's something worth doing. Like you have to be a special type of crazy. Yeah. I mean, it literally, like it's funny when I first read it, um, someone actually brought it up on like uh, one of the live shows we did. Um, did you guys hear about this? And we didn't know much about it at the time. Uh, then it started coming no. out to fruition. And I was like, Oh, like I really didn't believe it when someone just kind of threw it in the comments because I literally thought like, oh, you're just kind of being a troll. Uh, but then I was like, oh, that's a, that's a true story. That happened. <laughs> like, what? So $960 a year, they're saying, give or take, annually, as the fee to have solar, just to have solar be your main source of electric. Mm-hmm. How much do you think a homeowner would make by selling power back to the grid? Would they... Would would they sell enough to cover that cost? Do homeowners make more than nine hundred and sixty dollars a year selling power back to the grid? They technically would. Um eight dollars oh. per kilowatt is I think it's literally about fifty percent of what they would get back. But okay. I will say this. Um if you are if you've installed solar panels and solar like technology under your home. It costs a lot yeah. of money. You need every little bit of savings you can get back. The fact that NS Power well, wants to cut was, into that is a joke. That was my next question. Is it can be upwards of like two, three, four thousand dollars to get proper solar equipment and proper battery, all that stuff, right? Uh, for a full system, we're looking more like thirty thousand, thirty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. And that's like on the low side. So it's it's ridiculous. And that's the one part of the article I want to touch on is the, um, the chairman of Solar Nova Scotia says this would be a massive reduction of a typical homeowner's revenue of about $1,800 annually from a 10 kilowatt photovoltaic installation would nearly double the time needed for a homeowner to earn back the cost of installing the system. Dog, that's crazy. They said, so we're going to charge you for the sun and second of all, suffer in debt. Yeah. Which is, you know, the uh, seems like the the mantra of being a Canadian these days. So, the mantra of beating Peter Gregg. Yeah, that must be nice. Gee. That's crazy. Nine hundred sixty dollars a year, and no return. Like, there's no, there's no benefit. There's no, like, there's, you don't get anything for that fee. It's just simply, it's an arbitrary fee. Well, this is the part that really bothers me the most about it. 
is, I'm pretty sure this is a law, is that if you do install solar in Nova Scotia, you, by law, have to tie into the grid. There is you no option. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. You, so you literally, do. it's like, you have to tie into our system, and by the way, we're going to charge you for using it. Now, I think <laughs> I th only if there is a grid where you are putting solar. So, yeah. like, if you have, like, an off-grid home or cabin, mm -hmm. they're not going to, like, install infrastructure to get you connected. Right, to yeah, no. That's not going to yeah. happen. But, like, you're, we're starting to live in the world where people want to start saving money on their energy. Um, yeah. You know, and we're starting to be more self-sufficient. That's why I find it odd where it's like, okay, we're going to try to be more self-sufficient, but we're going to make sure you all continue to be reliant on the central system. Which uh, is crazy because NS Power, one, is probably the biggest coal buyer and burner in nova scotia mm. that's what those three big smokestacks are in dartmouth yeah so they're a company that right now relies on like highly energy inefficient means to produce electricity they obviously recognize solar is a clean way to produce energy and they're mad that they can't have their slice of that cake yeah where their assumed slice of the cake right right yeah why do they feel so owed to it they didn't invent solar it's yeah it, it's absolutely bonkers right it just i just don't have time for it i just kind of laughed when i was reading these articles and that's and what then peter yeah, peter yeah. greg put out a statement mm -hmm. like the ceo yeah. of amera yeah keep in mind amera owns power companies all over canada and the united states amera is a huge company that owns power companies all the way to new mexico i believe yep that's true so they are a huge huge multinational organization who I'm sure employs hundreds of people who are highly skilled decision makers. Mm. But for some reason, they're putting out a statement now that goes, we wish we would have um, taken more time to communicate with solar industry experts. And we wish we would have. And if we could have seen to the future, we would have. Dog, you pay people $100,000 a year to see to the future. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the point. that's the point. Yeah. Just, I mean, it can, and, yeah, go on. Oh, it was out of touch, dog. Mm. You're so out of touch. You're right. Yeah, that is actually the one bit of truth from that statement is yes, you are out of touch. You're making I don't think so he actually said money. that. That's, his statement should have said, sorry, we're out of touch. Oh, got it. Yeah, you're right. That's what it should have said. I don't think he actually recognized how out of touch he is. No, absolutely. Hey, um, you, you got like a computer in front of you, Dalton? Yeah. I'd be curious to know. Uh, you said it was Peter Gregg? That's the CEO. Yeah, what's his what's his net worth? Oh, I'd be curious man. to know. I've been researching politicians' net worth it's lately. Probably on the list. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, maybe I'm going to search his because what comes up is Peter Gregg, the race car driver. So I'm going to search mm -hmm. his Peter Gregg's salary because I feel like Amer's a public company, so they probably released that. Yeah, which I mean, I don't really care much about the salary because people can hide a lot of their wealth, right? I was just curious if we knew his net worth at all. So I cannot get his net worth. However, in 2019, let's see here. Sunshine with stats. So in 2019, as president and chief executive officer, he made $725,000. That's actually more than I thought. <laughs> oh, my God. And then in 2020, he took a, a cut to nice. $565,000. That's, that's sacrificial. And they obviously, I guess, have not yet released his 
2021 statements. They must not have come out yet. I of can't course not. I'd be curious. <laughs> so he's making three quarters of a million dollars in 2019. Just in salary. Just salary. What, we don't know not how much. stock options. Yeah, not private investments. Or, like, there's no way this guy does not own real estate that make like yeah, seriously. investments i'm or curious how much crypto like he, he he's he's got something that's making him a ton of money absolutely so that's why i laugh so even we even we just take the salary what's be like I'm, i'll actually put that in right now just if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves okay yeah, yeah. um if i'm going to put that into the income tax calculator for nova scotia assuming assuming we know that he's not probably here but just saying if he was in nova scotia yeah, yeah. So, he might be in Nova Scotia. I'm yeah, actually, I'm not sure know. about where he lives. If you were to pay all taxes, no deductions, no nothing, yeah, you're looking at making three hundred sixty-one, five hundred thirty-six dollars a year, and after tax, oh sorry, that's total tax. Sorry, three hundred sixty-three thousand four hundred sixty-four dollars, and that's a total a year, mm-hmm. which works out to be. You, this one's going to hurt all the homies. Mm-hmm. Close to fourteen thousand dollars per paycheck. So multiply that by two, you're looking at about $28,000 a month that he makes just in salary alone. And dog, some people don't make that in a year. Real talk. And so, and he, so some people don't make that in a year. And he says, now I'm going to charge you for some. Yeah. That shows you the out of touch, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> what, what a guy. Pig. What a guy. We're, we're sorry. We, uh, we didn't realize what it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was more of like, hey, let's see if anything happens. And if they don't push back, then we're good to go. Yeah. If you throw enough crap at the wall, some of it sticks. But yeah. it's like, you know, this was the one time where even the premier, the who generally is in the pocket of any big business, yeah. generally speaking, like, I mean, they tend to side with businesses. That just seems to be the way it goes. This caught so much and the premier even said, actually, we're going to, we're going to, review this yeah we're not gonna let this one go through and it's tough because we do when it comes to the energy sector we do live in a monopoly like there's no competition for nova scotia power here um so they can literally do whatever they want the only force that will stop them is the government and so the government doesn't feel like it then we're toast you know and so but luckily in this moment they decide to step up so did you happen to read tim houston's statement like what what was his what was his thoughts on this? Like, right did here. he mention the average Nova Scotian? Did he actually care, or was it like I have to do this because people are freaking out? Does it did it sound genuine? Um, it was more like it was pretty like it, it was a statement. You know, like the last half of it here says, um, "At a minimum, the steps we intend to take will maintain the existing enhanced net metering program." We're not going to let's go through yada yada. In other words, we agree that it is time for changes to the enhanced net metering program, but the changes we seek will support the greening of the grid, not discourage it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's more so it was clearly a business type lingo yeah. talk here. Um, yeah, it's not really about trying to protect consumers. Um, it's more so just trying to like we need to keep going green. And it's like right, true, right. you're right, but like. Can we talk about the elephant in the room, please, of this company continuing trying to gouge people for things that are getting to the point where, yes, electricity is a basic need. So, See, that's what makes me think it's like this is not actually going to get – like Nova Scotia Power is not going to get the justice they deserve in terms of like their – pri- oh, 
they also just increased residential rates as well. They did, yeah. So they increased. That's crazy. I remember I got that email. I almost spit. <laughs> Dog, that is crazy. So increase in rates. If you have solar, increase there. Tim Houston's saying, I guess, a business response, like just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. No Scotia Powers. This is all going to be water under the bridge. And no special power is going to continue doing their thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This one wasn't, at least from a, uh, a political standpoint, wasn't ushered out very well. They could have been a lot more sly with how they were going to do it since they're being greasy anyways. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes those homies slip up. I was like, ah, crap. The regular person caught us on this one. Sorry, y'all. I know. So, I know. They did get caught on this one, man. Yeah. Honestly. Well, there you go. At least that's good. Um yeah at least that will rest in peace if you have solar panels being installed soon hopefully they don't get gouged yes i think they said there is a grace period so it's like Mm. if you've recently installed in the last 10 years you don't have to do you don't have to pay this for the next 30 or something like that right fair play that's i mean whatever that's how you know how much money they're planning to make Mm. when they can say this entire group of people who i'm sure is at least ten thousand people in nova scotia have solar panels Mm -hmm. i'm sure that's a fair number yeah when you can say you group of people don't have to pay these new fees for 30 years <laughs> that means they're projecting making a ton on everyone else yeah that's a good point that's crazy yeah it's funny the sacrifices that are made for business um are usually met like done with calculation so yeah we all know what was going to happen there yeah definitely with calculation Absolutely. Well, speaking of things that are going on and things that I learned this week, uh, we're going to move on here to um, this article right here. Better Dwelling. Better so, Dwelling. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. So this is uh, the, the title of the article. It says, Canada is seen as more corrupt as money laundering estimates hit $113 billion. That much? Yeah, dude. Wow, I didn't, I didn't peg Canada as a money laundering company, uh, uh, country. I, I, no company. You're right. Sorry, you're right. The first time. Yeah, you know what? It is really just one big business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go down here to the uh, article. So, um, we'll go down right here. So Canada is lowering the wrong kind of CPI with corruption perceptions rising sharply. The country's score fell to 74 points in 2021, down three points from the previous year. Canada now ranks 13th, falling two places from last year, according to Transparency International Canada. The country fell out of the top 10 in 2019. Over the past five years, the country has dropped eight points. The problem of money laundering in Canada and other corruption scandals have been headline news in recent years, dragging down the perception of Canada as a clean country, said TI Canada Executive Director James Cohen. Canada's money laundering is crazy. Cohen attributes the drop to money laundering. No whistle. Um, this is the crazy part. Okay, catch this, dude. The next two yeah. paragraphs. Yeah. Cohen attributes the drop to money laundering, no whistleblower protections. So there are no whistleblower protections and an opaque government. Recent estimates uh, estimates show between forty three and one hundred thirteen billion dollars are laundered per year in Canada. Per year. Per year. Per year. Whistleblowers receive no protection, leading to consequences for those that report a crime. Then there's freedom of information. Most democracies offer some access to public information. However, experts have said the country is more opaque with. Um, more opaque than any many tax havens freedom of, for, of information requests do exist but with examples of the state requesting 80 years to prepare the documents they're making a mockery of the process 
The measures ex exist only in theory. 80 years to produce documents, dog? I would be dead before I get those documents. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You know. and, <laughs> wait, 80 years to just look into an account and see if someone's put money from another country that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, forgive me if I think it's stupidly easy to figure out if someone brought money to this country that they shouldn't have. Yeah, exactly. I think we have, because they know when I didn't claim an extra $10 of income. Yeah, they, they, they know that. They know that. Oh, very well. They know that. But if you have enough money, ah, you don't need to worry about that. But if you've got billions of dollars to dump into real estate. Yep, this is the place to do you're it. You're good. Again, we you're go good. back to the conversation of, you know, inflation. Yes, that's part of it. But literally, Canada is so corrupt in our real estate system. There's a reason why these prices are skyrocketing. is because there's so much money that's laundered in our real estate system. It's nuts. Absolutely crazy. Because they'll say, I don't care. how Put up, buy this property $100 million over asking. I don't care. Yep. As long as my money gets to stay there. Because we're actually one of the few countries in the world, which I didn't know this. Was like that they don't tax your primary residence. No, the sale of it. Even in the United States, I think they tax the sale of your primary they residence. They do. Even in the US, yeah. they do that. So, like, yep. that's when, like, bells start going off in my head. I was like, oh my gosh, like, we're like very one of a kind in how we do real estate here. And I mm -hmm. can see why it would attract some greasy people. Because if you buy a mansion in like Yorkville or something for like $10 million and you pay $2 million over asking, and you had to clean that money or yeah. whatever you had to do, you sell it and your gains are tax-free. Exactly. So easy. And <laughs> that's crazy, dude. That's crazy. It is nuts. Like, it's just like, oh, my. It's it's nuts how corrupt our system is. Um, there's no whistleblower protection. So I guess that means if you're, like, if you're in the real estate industry or if you work in the government and you say something, you can still be pursued legally for, like, breaking an nda or something like that like exactly so they literally said if you tell on us we're gonna we're absolutely it. blow you apart with litigation and if for some reason you ask for a freedom of information act we're just gonna wait till you're dead until we give you the documents yeah Good to know. <laughs> good to know. Good to know where I stand in this country. Yeah, straight up. I'm like, okay, so good to know that um, if I make a bunch of money abroad, I know what I'm doing. So yeah, apparently, you just need to come buy a bunch of Canadian real estate because I guess no one checks into that. No, uh, it looks like we're starting a new business, Dalton. I think we're starting a drug company, drug cartel across seas, and uh, we're coming back and we're cleaning the money here. Yeah, I I actually am in real estate. Oh right, I forgot real estate. Yeah, was, yeah, real estate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I was like, I, I again, I knew things were bad here, real estate wise, but I didn't know how much. I didn't realize how much money was actually laundered here. That's nuts. That's nuts, dude. How much did you say? Hundred some odd billion? Uh, uh, as high as one hundred thirteen billion, between forty three and one hundred thirteen billion per year is laundered here. Per year, so that's new money. Coming into in. the country every year just getting washed and you wonder why you can't afford a family single family home for three hundred thousand dollars now part of that is part part of it is inflation definitely oh inflation plays a huge part don't do not get now, the wrong. government also won't fix no no they won't fix it and then and that's the problem is like 
this like our real estate our real estate's been a problem for a long time i'm talking at least 20 years it's been a huge issue it started in the bigger cities like vancouver and toronto and then it started yeah. and then obviously it just exasperated over covid um but it's been it's been growing for quite some time because this, there's a way to do this and then the inflation of the of the pandemic hit and now yeah. man i'm just hoping i can get a house i want for 600,000 just praying that didn't exist in Nova Scotia like five years ago. No, not like even three three years ago. Was what it? was six hundred grand? That was that was that, man, was, like, that was mansion money, dog. That was mansion money. Yeah. If you lived in a million dollar house, that was like you were like shloated. Absolutely. Well, it, I was uh, thinking about it because we were me and Kelsey have been thinking about trying to move for a while, and um, we just couldn't get the right time going. And then yeah, the houses I wanted three years ago. Uh, we're going for about 400 450 yeah. those houses now are going for about 700 750 oh my god it's just like it, it ballooned dude that's cr- and if you here's the thing though it's like if you got in back then like you you're doing so well you're doing incredibly well mm-hmm. but a lot of people are also not in the position where they want to sell their homes right now and we're bringing in and whether or not people like to hear this, it's a fact. Mm-hmm. We're bringing in refugees and immigrants. We're welcoming new people to come live in Nova Scotia. We're talking about all that we have to offer. Nova Scotia is a tech hub this. Nova Scotia is great for this. So regardless of whether or not you like to hear any of those things, Nova Scotia and all of Canada is welcoming people in as though they have a place for them to live. Mm-hmm. And we don't. Yeah. No. Certainly right. not affordably. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So it's you know it, it, it's a tough situation, and uh, we're we're trying to figure out the answer to it. But we're, all I'm trying to say is we we there's a, our system is in very very infected with some type of nonsense and uh, dog a disease. It's a disease, and the disease is the Canadian government. Yeah, it straight up is, and that's the thing is I really want to help people understand. Like it's not about parties. Like they're all no, culprits. they're all culprits. No, dude, it's certainly not because there has been just as much uh, conservative, liberal, and NDP involvement in all the corruption. Mm-hmm. All of it. Power does corrupt, regardless of what party you're in. I'm sorry to say. Absolutely right, and the thing. I mean, these people in these parties—they all talk. Mm-hmm. They all talk. To be honest, if you ask me about Jagmeet Singh, I'd say he's just liberal with an orange yeah. little button. Like mm-hmm. he just wears a little orange button, but he works for Trudeau. Really, that's how I think of him. Mm-hmm. And you may not agree, but that's that's how he acts in my eyes. Um, Aaron O'Toole acted extremely liberal, in my opinion, for a conservative leader. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they all they're all corrupt. Yeah. It comes back, all this just comes back to what I'm saying is like, what are you going to do? What are you willing to do for your community? Um, what are you willing to look after those you love? Um, because if you're looking for the government to do it, they're honestly not going to, or not at least not going to do it to the way that we need it. Um, Absolutely not. You know, and that's no why, that's why no. I've always been on the side of just people, just loving people and standing with people in whatever cause they're in. Right. Um, yeah. Because I'll be honest, like I just, I don't know what happened. I, was t- I talked to my friends about this a lot, actually. I'm curious to your feedback on this, Dalton. We've talked about it, I think, a little bit. Uh, we yeah. talked about it, at least with, in particular, banks. Um, 
but I don't know what it was, but like my grandparents' generation don't ever trust the government. Like they're very, very slow to trust the government. Uh, Sorry, yeah, my grandparents. My parents' generation really became very trusting of the government. Like the government can do no wrong. And they kind of passed that ideology onto us. And I'm trying to understand where that disconnect happened. Now I wonder, so it was, was that lived experience you had with your grandparents? Did Mm -hmm. you see like your friend's grandparents also living that, or was it just your grandparents? Um, I should say my grandparents and their friends. Got it. Mm -hmm. Now the reason why it was so evident to me is my grandmother, like I believe yours was an immigrant. Yeah. Um, and my grandmother had a fear of losing everything. Mm. Um, so it wasn't that she didn't trust the government. It was that she trusted nobody. Mm. Um, Good call. No one was n- at all, ever. No one was to know where her money was. Her money was never in a bank. Um, everything was very under wraps. Um, and, and she um, didn't have much respect for really any type of authority um, because she just was so fearful that she just wanted to protect what was hers and not have to rely on anyone else for protection because she came from somewhere where the government let her almost die. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think I, I, I agree with what you said, but maybe it's different. Maybe I don't, I can't, maybe it's not the same way that you lived it. Oh, you're probably right. Um, and it's probably spot on. Like they might, it's just a lack of trust in anybody because they all did almost lose everything, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. um, and my, my nonna, you know, fled, you know, World War II Italy, you know, and that's right. And like, so the it's exact same story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. So you're, you're definitely right. That was done around the time of Mussolini, too, right? I think it's also important yeah. to think about the Cold War mm-hmm. and how during the Cold War it was such a push for your government is the right government, every yes. other government is communist. That's a or good point. Yeah. I remember how much American, I, I shouldn't say I remember, I wasn't around, but from what I've been seeing of history, yeah, there's so yeah. much American pride instilled. Canada, America, you know, 1972 Summit Series, Soviets versus Canada. The Soviets were robots and Canada had feeling and emotion. And, you know, Henderson jumped on the ice with a broken leg and scored the goal and that saved Canada, essentially, right? Like that was, you know, obviously. It's all psychological. It was all psychological. Mm-hmm. You're totally To like right. build this trust. Mm-hmm. And it's also um, interesting in terms of movies mm, reflected entirely late, yes. you know, 80s superheroes, jacked Americans, you know, <laughs> fighting in Vietnam. We got Rambo. Mm, Rambo. Got, well, everyone thinks of Rambo. Yeah. Yeah. We got Rambo. We got Schwarzenegger when he's just doing his stuff, going around with the rock launchers over his shoulder, one man army. Yes. All of that stuff pushed heavy, especially, you know, Hollywood and America. It was heavy propaganda towards. American nationalism. Right. That's a good, call. That's a good point. Pride. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, this is your government. We're fighting the wars for you. Mm-hmm. And then hiding what's happening in the, you know, behind. Yeah. That's actually a great point. Um, it's about, well, especially interesting because, Grant, we are using two very different examples. Uh, we're talking about a, a woman who fled Greece, a woman who fled yep. Italy. Um, we're talking yep. about America. Uh, I'm curious what, you know, 1930s, 1940s America looked like. Um, obviously, we were talking mm-hmm. about Depression Age um, at that point. Ragingly so racist. Yeah, very true. 
um, as I think racism is a huge issue throughout human history, period. Yep. Um, but I'm curious, like, were, you know, Americans who grew up in the 30s and 40s, were they trustworthy of their government? Were they trustworthy of their systems? Or was it, as, as Philip is suggesting, kind of the Cold War era when people were really like, yeah, you know, our country's got our back. We're just going to protect us from the big bad enemy. Hmm. I mean, I know I remember when I would work retail and if, uh, you know, an elderly person would come in and someone who I would say was 70 or 80, mm-hmm. it was always cash. They just, they never, ever had a credit card or they just, they would pull out like a wad of cash, just the same way my grandmother would. Mm-hmm. But, and I don't want to assume, but, you know, I'm sure at least one of these people I interacted with was not an immigrant. Right. Um, so I think no matter where they were from, maybe it was just, I think banking at that point had become, you know, a little more technologically advanced and maybe that scared them. And I think the government was also making those advances and it scared them. Mm. Um, and then you had maybe our parents' generation who thought, no, these are good advances. These are good for us. Or they believed they were. Mm-hmm. And then that was their, you know, mindset and to be becoming okay or compliant with the government. Right maybe yeah i guess at this point we can only speculate right we don't know really any facts um but it's an interesting transition that happened over the generations i would say uh, oh my gosh yeah but like so i will say this isn't um obviously not in our notes but it's int- intriguing uh it's a funny story that i like to tell um because this was the reason why i became <laughs> my origin story of not liking the government <laughs> yeah my origin story of uh being uh you know scared of the government or being untrustworthy of the government. So, and you can blame my parents for this one. Okay. Specifically my dad. <laughs> so, uh, growing up, I think I've shared this on the, story, uh, the, the podcast before. If I have, I apologize, but you know, growing up, I really wanted that iPod mini, the colorful one, you know, the one, the blue one, a little big, uh-huh. but it had the click wheel, you know, the new Apple iPod. It was iPod mini. I should say was unreal. Yeah. Uh, loved it to death. And I think at the time it was going for like one fifty. Mm-hmm. And I saved up all my like paper route money, my dog walking money. I eventually got the day I got the money to go buy this iPod, right? And yeah. uh, so my dad's like, "Oh, you ready?" And he's, I'm like, "Yeah." And it'd been like three, four months of saving, right? Just to get this money. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, I'm finally ready." So we go to Future Shop at the time, and oh. uh, we go, we go to the back where the electronics are, and they kind of open mm-hmm. up the glass case, and they, and the, uh, the worker grabs the iPod and comes to the front, and they put it on the cash and woman rings it up you know and it's you know 180 and i was like i don't have that much and there's like my dad's like oh you didn't think about tax and i was Emotional like damage. <laughs> i was like uh what do you mean by tax and there's like yeah like you know the government's gonna charge you tax on on this good um so you need more than 150 i was like well i don't have it he's just like i'm sorry and they took the ipod mini back to the back of the store put it in the glass put case. it right back in the case and when you walked out of future shop i was heartbroken dude absolutely heartbroken and my dad's like i was like just i didn't know what to say and all my dad said was you can thank uncle paul for that one as paul martin was the prime minister at the time so oh. and so i was like oh and that was my origin story of being distrusting of the government dog I, listen i have an almost identical story to that and it was when i bought my first it was a, a lululemon sweater that i wanted oh wow and it was a hundred it was 125 bucks mm-hmm. and i got to the cash and it was like 130 40 or whatever and i was like 
Mom, will you make up the difference? I really want this today. (laughs) (laughs) And there was also born my only child syndrome. (laughs) Nice. Amazing. Did did you end up getting the sweater? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. This is the fight that me and Kelsey always have. um, Is she's absolutely shocked by the fact like your dad wouldn't make the difference. And I was like, bro, I didn't grow up in a privileged household like you did. My parents didn't pay for nothing. There's like, we got you food and uh, we got you some shelter and we've got just enough money for you to play hockey in the winters. And that's about it. So, yeah, I think your dad knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, he, he knew. Yeah. He, he was like, all right, this is your life lesson. Welcome to adulthood. Yeah. yeah. How bro, old were you? Oh my gosh. Uh, I will say, I think I was 12 or 13. Yikes! To become a man. Yeah, <laughs> that was the moment I became a man. That's right. I kind of got away. I, growing up in Norway, the nice thing was, growing up in Norway is, the price that is on the sticker is the price you have to pay. Because I've heard tax yeah. is already indulged in the price and everything. Yeah. They don't charge you after. It's already there. It makes sense. That's why I like going to the liquor store. True. Oh. They don't add tax to the liquor store? It's already on the shelf price. I didn't. I've never recognized that before. That That's why sense. the prices are so weird there because it's built in. What you see on the tag is what you pay with cash. Ah, I didn't know that. Obviously, I don't visit NSLC very often. I only buy. I only go to get my uh, bi-monthly bottle of whiskey. Um, but that's about it. Uh, but yeah. Once a month? Sense. Yeah, dude. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, once every two months is what I meant. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so yeah, anyway, so that's crazy. And so this is the background of the people that are hosting the show with you. We're grateful right. to be here. Awesome. We don't like the government over here. We know. If and you came here, for people who like the government, you're on the wrong podcast. <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the internet. I'm sorry. Uh, so tension mounting uh, globally right now. Yeah, everyone's just mad. Um, We're all upset. Yeah, me too. I'm triggered <laughs> all the time. Yeah, yeah, but uh, R- Russia and Ukraine are really triggered. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 people that are specifically more triggered is uh, the, the capital in Kiev is not very happy with Washington D.C. right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, rightfully so, I guess to an extent. Washington came in really hot one day and was like, "Here's how it's going to go." Yeah, kind of deal right, like. It was um, it was that, but from what I've been reading, um, it was more so that like the Russia's rhetoric is kind of chilling out, but mm. Biden's been coming in being like, "No, we're ready to go to war. Let's get this going." Kiev's like, "They're not attacking us. It doesn't look like they're going to attack us, but you're trying to make them attack us. So can you chill out? This is our country. We don't want to be annexed right now. Thank you very yeah. much." Yeah, um, you know, and that's kind of what we're seeing in the title of this article that says tensions growing between Washington and Kiev as Ukraine Russia crisis drags on. And the first article yeah. says tension has been building between Zelensky and Biden administration officials. Sources told CNN amid a disagreement over how to interpret and publicly communicate U.S. intelligence assessments that say Russia could be preparing a large scale attack on Ukraine. As Biden's top spokesperson has warned that the administration believes a war is imminent. Zelensky told the reports on Friday, there's a feeling abroad that there is war here. That's not the case. So you have the American media being like, war is upon us. And Kiev's like, and there really isn't. Such a good, <laughs> they've done such a good job with everywhere I look, every TikTok news article says that Russia is like minutes, yeah. seconds away 
from sending an entire army into the Ukraine. Yeah, he got Putin with his, his finger over the button. I'm ready to launch the nukes, boys. This goes back to the Cold but then War. If you actually yeah. look into, if you look into like media that's not you know, government paid for, mm-hmm. um, you see Russia's literally taking a backseat on this. Yeah, they really are just kind of like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm not trying to play down any type of threat they could pose to Ukraine. Do not get me wrong on this. But the fact is... Totally, it's still Russia. Yeah, it's still Russia. They're still, they still... They they did annex Crimea not too long ago, right? Yeah. Um, it's... You know, it's just... The fact is, if Zelensky, you know, the guy who runs Ukraine, is saying, things are kind of chilling out. Can you please relax over there in America? It's not helpful. helpful. Yeah. Then you should probably take his word for it and not try to be the big bully. And that's the problem with Biden is, I think part of it, A, he's, he's a part of that kind of mentality of politician in america where it's like as soon as they gain control they love war they love conflict they love bombing people um for no reason other than to try and get dominance over the world and you know and i think part of it too is biden um i used to think that he wasn't making the calls but i think he is and the reason why i'm thinking that is because everyone keeps calling him weak and old and doesn't really know where he's at and i think this is him trying to flex his muscles saying you know we're we're going to war boys and i'm going to be the one who leads us yeah. to it and i'm like shoot man this ain't good this ain't helpful you know and um you know you got trudeau sending 120 million dollars over to support ukraine and i'm like we don't have 120 dog. million dollars to send right now dog i'm sorry <laughs> but justin trudeau is such a chooch where does he think he's getting this money i hate that man 120 million dollars where and we've got homeless people that are starving in the middle of the winter yeah, that's true. I mean, Never I think forget where his priorities lie. To every single person who voted for him, just remember where his priorities lie because it's not with you. Yeah, I think he got us 120 million from the uh, the money he's been laundering as real estate. Oh yeah, totally. It was dividends because he's probably part of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely part of it. I was looking over his uh, net, his uh, net worth today. It wasn't as much as I thought it was going to be, but it's still 10 million dollars. So. Trudeau? Yeah, for for a guy who is a drama teacher and worked in the education system and then went right into politics, that's a pretty decent net worth to have considering where you've worked th- your whole life. Yeah, uh, and considering the average Canadian, I'm assuming, does not have a net worth of $10 million. No, I think the average net worth is closer to like ten, fifteen thousand, 15000 because so many people are in so much debt. But, so. And obviously, I'll say, some of that is self-inflicted, don't get me wrong. Um, but oh, totally, listen, I, I, there's a difference between like accidental and then like just bad spending habits. But. Yeah, like yeah, like what we're over thirty million in this country. You're bound to have some people that you know are a little irresponsible with their money. But for the most part, people are just trying oh. to invest. Um, the medium Absolutely net worth right. of 2019 of people under the age of 35 is actually a lot more than that. Uh, my bad, it was around fifty thousand. But still, oh. pales in comparison to ten million. Um, but anyway, so oh, it's just like, oh yeah, frig, man, we're, we're already jumping ahead here. But, um, but yeah, like I'm, it's, there's stuff that's going on abroad. Um, the thing that worries me the most about Ukraine uh, and Russia is I'm hoping, I'm hoping tempers just take it easy. Things simmer down. I hope Biden yeah. gets a clue. So Biden, you know, if he can chill out and realize he's not needed until he's needed, um, that'd be great. But I think yeah. if the day Russia makes one move and the u.s will retaliate the day that happens mark my words china takes taiwan you think 100 percent 
They're waiting. They're wait- this is a distraction. I think China is waiting for their moment to take Taiwan. They've been dying to take Taiwan. It's so funny that you say distraction because I also agree that it's a distraction because a lot of people are saying, and we don't have to get into this right now, but a lot of people are saying that Putin's behind Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. I've been hearing that. <coughs> I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I, I, I know your boy put that idea out there. I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw him. But, Who's um, my guy? I don't know, the old goatee-looking guy looks like Colonel Sanders. Dude, I hate him. I don't like him. I thought you loved him. I thought you literally, I thought he was your father or something. No, he literally, no way. What? <laughs> I, I literally, he looks I, like Colonel Sanders. Yeah, dude, I mean, that's what I thought. I thought you legitimately loved him. Um, So, my bad. We're all good then. I mean, that guy's no, just, he's, he's ridiculous. He is crazy. I don't think Putin's behind Bitcoin either. Okay, but apparently he is. I don't know. But anyways... That's all I'm saying is things are happening on a world scale. Russia and China are in each other's pockets, obviously, um, because they're trying to take on the West. The West is severely weak as we consistently see constant civilian outrage um, throughout yeah. this pandemic. And we can't fight any wars externally right now. We can't afford to. And if we do, yep. we will be finished. I'm sorry to say. But here's yeah. the thing. All right. Hit me. Hit me, Philip. Is... When I was back in Norway, my brother, he was in the military. He's on military service. He's trying to go back for paratrooping, like one of the highest things, working hard on it. So he's on, he's off right now. He's So he's not called in. He's not doing anything. Over Christmas, or a little bit before Christmas, he got a letter from the military, which was not a call to arms, but basically a letter that you can get called in at any time. Okay. So that's, that's a the, thing. Because we, we border Russia. Oh, right. You do. Way north. So if this goes, you know, Ukraine, Europe is already on its edge in terms of military. Uh-huh. They're ready to step in. And it is rising conflict. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Norway had its issues over Christmas with electricity bills with the entirety of Europe. Mm-hmm. Cameras love us right now. Yeah, we love the camera. Just keep going. But yeah, I know it's tensions are just rising everywhere and it's this better get solved pretty soon or else something bad's gonna happen. Someone's gonna click on the wrong button, mm-hmm. Biden. Yeah. Or someone's just gonna step over the wrong line and that's that's gonna be it. That's World War Three for you. We're going to see World War Three soon. Like, it just feels like it. Just feels like it. Yeah, we're ready. What do you, you think's going on with We're that? not. That's the worst part. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, Russia is trying to hack us right now. That's something they know. Yeah, Russia heard <laughs> It's like when we try to upload that episode that never went live. Yeah. Um, because we were talking about China too much. Now we're talking about Russia. Yeah, they're that's coming it. for us. But yeah, that's, that's like it. that's kind of what we're seeing. Um, that's what's going on. Again, I'm sorry to say, if you're listening to this podcast, there's a lot of doom and gloom that's going on. Uh, trust me, I will end this I on know. a very positive note. I will. I, I promise you, I will. Um, but we're just talking about what's going on right now. There's a lot happening. It's spicy as heck, and uh, we're just here for the ride. And I think I'll take yeah, this man. as an opportunity that if everything goes to crap and everyone's going to war. I will make this dedication right now. We are still going to keep this show going, okay? 
you listen to me, oh. y'all. We're keeping going. So send us, you know, uh, just send us your email on our website, lfapodcast.ca, yep. and we'll make sure that we get episodes out to you if anything goes down. Daily episodes in the bunker. Hell or high water. Yeah, daily episodes We're emailing you an episode. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Um, yeah, exactly. It'll help you get through the uh, the world war impending. So let's go. Let's do it, fam. Yeah, we got that's you. Right. We'll be in the bunker and just taking out, just doing shot and episodes for you daily because we know you'll need it. Yeah, man. Do a radio show. Yeah. Oh, the underground radio. Um, yeah. In the bunker radio show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Amazing. Well, speaking of things getting spicy. Dog, this one's touchy. Oh, man. Do we have to go down this path, man? This one's touchy. I don't know if do you want to. Dude, I don't I don't like backing away from anything. I'm here for it. It's interesting, isn't it? This trucker convoy. I think it's I think it's super Oh, you said it. Gee. That's it. My bad. You just triggered half the nation. <laughs> half the nations, you know. But yeah, no, it's uh it's definitely a crazy time right now. Obviously, if you are a trucker, pretty wild. If you're living in Ottawa, it's pretty wild. Dog, I, it's a crazy time if you're not a trucker in Ottawa. <laughs> Seriously. I feel bad that you're in Ottawa. Yeah. I and mean, then let alone this is happening. That's what you get for buying a condo downtown Ottawa, y'all. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, things are obviously very heated. Uh, as you saw, the truckers at this point, if, once this episode drops, it'll have been just over a week ago, the truckers hit Ottawa and took up and essentially gridlocked all of downtown or at least downtown surrounding parliament. And a lot of people are very happy about this. A lot of people are very unhappy about it. And, uh, and there's like no middle ground. There's no middle ground. It's very two-sided. Yeah, you, you're either with us or you're against this type of situation. And I will yep. say this is um, Trudeau's rhetoric hasn't helped. Uh, totally. And here's the thing. It's like, I'm not going to get into my supporting, not supporting the, the truckers convoy. Eh, it doesn't take up much of my day. What I have noticed is the language used around previous demonstrations and the way that liberal funded media made them look on the news. Mm -hmm. There's a big difference between how they're making this look and how they're making them appear and the words and actions used. And obviously Trudeau is either scared or weak or all the things I think about that man because he's in BC right now, I'm pretty sure. That's what people are saying. Dog, apparently he's in his cottage in BC. He he left. Yo, he's in Defino, baby. That's a, that's a that's a theme, isn't it? Like that is, yeah. Heaven forbid you talk about indigenous rights or anyone has a protest that he doesn't agree with. He's going to he's going to BC. Yeah. And not to go speak with anyone that needs to be spoken with in BC, given what's gone down a few months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's people there who would love to talk to him, but he's there to hide. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, it's I think you're right. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it from all all sides right now. Yeah. If you so if uh, we'll just talk about how the media does things, right? If yep. you are a black person and you are protesting for your rights, you will be categorized as violent. Whatever it takes to make sure that that protest chills and doesn't affect the government running. If you are a white person and you are protesting for what you believe is right, 
you will be labeled a racist or a white supremacist. That's just what yep. the media does. That's just what they do. Whatever they can do, anyone who's disrupting things, um, they will do whatever they can to label you to make sure that public perception and public opinion is against you so that your movement cannot move forward. Yeah. Simply put. And as this whole trucker convoy was, you know, starting up, that's what was going through my mind. I was like, all right, it's cool. Everyone's like happy in their little cities right now. We're getting the trucks all getting going. This convoy is going. It's big. It's long. And I always going through my head. I was like, are these people ready for the information war that's about to be unleashed on them? Yeah. Because I just know what's happened, what I've seen with my friends who've gone through different things. Talk about Elizabeth Smith McCrossan, who was painted to have started this crazy protest that locked down the whole highway. Mm-hmm. Yet there was actual footage of her asking and pleading with the protesters to go home. And then she would go talk to Ian Rankin on their behalf. And they wouldn't post it. And Global sat on it and suppressed it. So they would continue to make Elizabeth look terrible. And you had Mr. Mr. Timmy over here, Tim Hewson, who was like, mm-hmm. Elizabeth, please, please, can you stop the protesters, please? You know, just for that, we're kicking you out. You know, and Ian Rankin's like, I'm not spending my time on this woman, you know, and, and I'm not giving her time of day. And I was like, you guys are such slime balls. You got the media in your back pocket. And you're uh-huh. just allowing things to, like, just, it's, that's how the game is played. I'm not trying to, I'm not here to take sides or anything. I'm just telling you how the game is played. If yeah. you are doing anything that inconveniences the government and how it's operation, be prepared for the media to come at you very hard. It's going to happen. Yeah, it, it's, and the one part, I guess, about this, this trucker rally that it's like, is, the, the, they're, I guess they're they're fighting for for freedom back. It's like the the, the whole thing is freedom, freedom, and obviously a lot of freedom. a lot of it is is stemming from COVID. Yep. Okay, so there's two parts to it. There's one, which in my mind is the freedom part, and there's two, which is the freedom around COVID. Okay, I can support freedom around COVID. I get it. I, like, if you ask me, does does a trucker need to be vaccinated to do their job? I'm going to say no. But the fight for freedom has always been a pretty weird thought in my mind because when were you ever really free? Now, there was someone on TikTok Live the other day and she was the worst spokesperson for the trucker rally. Oh, she no. sounded... Uh, she was a mess. She made a fool of herself and I helped her do that. But I just said, what was what? what is this freedom that you're fighting for? Please tell me when you were truly free to do whatever your heart desired. When were you truly free? And she said, I, two years ago when I didn't have to wear a mask and I didn't have to quarantine when I went to the doctor and I had a cough. And I went, okay, that's COVID free. I said, but when were you free to go do whatever you want? You cannot just walk in between countries. You cannot expect the government to not know what's going on with your money to know what's going on with your credit, to know what's going on with your housing. All of that is linked to this funny little number that they issue you at birth. You get a number at birth in this country. You're not free. You're allowed to live here. That's a good point. So, I don't know. 
Yeah, that's I, my two cents. That's fair. Um, you know, and and a lot of the the criticism has come around. Uh, you know, uh, the extremist elements of this protest, and yep. you know, the Nazi flag that was waved around, and the Confederate flag, and this and that. And let's be honest. Let's be honest. If all the other things that have come with it, maybe I'll I'll, I'll be very generous with this number. Maybe thirty five people have caused that type of ruckus. There's and thousands of people there. Say, how many people are involved in this in this convoy? Do you think? I on a con, on a very conservative number, I would say five thousand. Got it, five thousand. So let's say a thousand mm-hmm. people yeah. were extremists. Mm-hmm. That's one fifth. Yeah. There was a much higher percentage of extremism worldwide for many other movements mm-hmm. and, so, and they got equally as bashed mm-hmm. so i think what we're learning is no matter what there's bad apples in every bunch yeah and if you're going to look at an entire movement which a year ago we were not supposed to do correct we were not supposed to look at an entire movement and judge it based off the actions of the people who were causing mayhem mm-hmm so keep that energy for the people here who are fighting for what they think is right, not the people who are causing mayhem and destroying things. Those people don't deserve respect. They never have. They never will. But keep that energy of supporting the people who have a real, thought-out, educated movement. And a rebuttal to that is not, well, none of them are educated. <laughs> that's, not a re- that's not a rebuttal. You look silly. Mm-hmm. So just keep that energy, you know, um, just remember what we were doing for other movements throughout history and, you know, uh, different, uh, groups and, you know, just, uh, I'd say don't lump everyone in. I think everyone will sleep a bit easier when you can go to bed and go, there's bad apples in every group and they're not going to dictate how the entire thing goes. But they are because our media is paid for by the government. Mm -hmm. And because, like you said, this is disrupting the flow of their day-to-day operations, they have to paint them in a certain way. And there's enough people here who are tricked by the media to think that they are all a type of way. Yeah. I think that's what, honestly, um, it it breaks my heart. Um, Because, you know, I I saw what happened BLM, you know, and I saw a vast majority of that really just wanted to protest peacefully to get their point across of how oh they were God. feeling. Yeah. And yet you had yeah. extremist elements that got involved yeah. and f- figured out ways to get the crowd to go with them, to go do literally billions of dollars in damage to businesses and poor communities. Um, all the people that were feeling oppressed by what was going on or the ones who got their businesses burnt down and Absolutely. had their homes broken into like, like, I was like, oh, how did that help anybody, right? Um, yeah. And there's people that will get involved. It happened, I think it was the Baltimore protest, mm. where they were, they were on the protest route, and all of a sudden, somehow, some way, you probably saw this, Dalton, there were just pallets of bricks on the protest, protest route with no construction in sight. Why were they there? They just randomly showed up. Why yeah. were they there? And that's my problem is, like, any time, doesn't matter who's in, who's in charge and who's in government, like they will work so hard to make sure that you look bad, regardless yeah. of what it is. 
And that's why I was very moved. Obviously, there were still some situations that happened, but I was very moved by all the stuff that happened um, with the um, uh, All Children Ch- Matter movement. I, as someone who would, like, if someone, if I was someone who was indigenous, I would be, be very emotional about that situation. And they, yeah, I would say the vast majority reacted with so much grace that we did not deserve. Um, love that yeah. was not deserved. Um, and I think that spoke volumes and it was really, really hard to make that look bad. And I'll say the same thing for the truckers. Do your best to be on your best behavior. Do your best to sh- be a shining light and, and really be what you're claiming to be. Because the first slip up you get, you will get buried. And the public perception of your, of your cause is going to be vastly against you, unfortunately. And we're seeing that, and we're seeing the effort that's being made with Mr. Justin Trudeau. You know, he made sure to include every phobic statement he could in his latest tweet to make sure to paint this movement a certain way. Are you telling me yeah. everyone there is transphobic, is homophobic, is racist, is a white supremacist? Like, that's that's news to me. I didn't realize that, you know. Um, yeah. Like, it's just like, like the this is by far, I'll, I'll say it, I'm comfortable saying this. I say Justin Trudeau is probably, and I'll say that because I'm going off the dome right now, I'll say probably, probably the most divisive prime minister we've had in our history. He will do whatever it takes to pit people against each other so that he can maintain power. Yeah, absolutely right. And I think it's working. Yeah, definitely is. I think it's working. And it sucks Mm -hmm. Um, because... um, you know what, regardless of whatever you personally believe about COVID, these people on this convoy all think a type of way, and there's a lot of them. And how much money have they raised? $10 million now. But we're referring to them as a small minority. Mm. That's not a small minority worth of money. People care about what they're saying. What sucks is that there's a narrative that if you support what they believe, which is COVID freedom, that you're an anti-vaxxer, that you're anti-science, that you don't care about people's safety, that you this, that, that, and the other thing. And I have to ask a very crucial question, and that is, why do they have to care? Right. You're not born owed anyone's respect You're not born owed anyone's due diligence, owed anyone's caring about you. You can go this whole life with no one even blinking at you, and you have to be okay with it. And if you're not, at the end of the day, that problem lands on your doorstep. Mm. Because they don't owe you respect. They don't owe you agreeing with what you believe in. They, The truckers do, however, owe the Canadian public and the residents of where they're protesting respect and things like that. That's different. They owe that respect and the people who are not are a different class. And that's, that's a very different group of people, but the people who are just there to show that they believe in COVID freedom for the type of work that they're in. And if you're going to sit at home and say, well, there's these reasons as to why that's not right. 
but it's right for them. So you really don't matter to them. You don't matter to them. And the you don't matter to them. And you have to become okay with it. Yeah. I think it's a fair point. Um, I think as well as the people that are can be critical of it are, you know, I'm going to use some terminology that's very used a lot with a very certain group of people. Mm-hmm. But if you're mad about this, I'll have to say you're privileged. You have the privilege yeah. of being able to stay home and work from home and not be bothered by any lockdowns. You can continue to live your life, continue to make a living. There are a lot of working class blue collar people in our country who don't have that privilege. These are things you have to keep in mind. There's a lot of people outside of yourself in this country um, that are feeling things. And the, this is a theme of our show, period. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you, you're on. It doesn't matter what your cause is. We care about people. I think that's been very evident of things that we've talked about, things that we've supported. Yeah. Um, I was very much in line. I was like, I've been to BLM protests. I've been to indigenous protests. Yep. And I did, go to, I did go to the trucker protest too because I just want to be with people and I want to hear yep. them out. I want to hear what they're going through and what, what's going on. That's yep. the reality. You can try to tag me whatever way you want, but the problem is your narrative falls apart because I've been very consistent on how I treat people because that's fundamental to my belief system is loving people with where they're at and what they're feeling. And I want to continue to try to validate people's experiences. Yep. That's it. And this is one of those situations. If you can see beyond yourself of what's happening, people have felt like they have been given no other choice but to drive to the Capitol and asked Trudeau what the heck is going on. And what did he do? What he's been doing this whole pandemic. He ran away and scared with the tail between his legs. He didn't want to deal with the problem. Your leader left. He fled. He's gone. He showed up. Called. He showed up with the, he called him with the sniffles. <coughs> I think I got COVID. And that's what yeah. happened. The funny thing, I don't know if this is true, but I think it's interesting rhetoric if this is true. But the mayor of Ottawa was calling all the tow truck companies to try and get these trucks out. Every single tow truck company he called, they said, sorry, we know we all have COVID. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I told you, I love some civil disobedience and that's some civil disobedience. You know? I love that. You know, and it's like, like, what can you, like, I'm just like, it's true though. Like, your leader is saying, I'm not going to meet with you because you're all white supremacists. It's like, bro, are you kidding me? They just raised your net worth within a week. Like, come on, man. There can't be that many white supremacists in the country. I, I like to believe in people. Sorry. Uh, like, like this, it, it, And that's what scares me. I'm like, I don't like that this man is leading our country down this path of just continued division. We are, because of this, with the help of social media, we are in a cold civil war. Um, mm-hmm. your algorithm is probably showing you things different from my algorithm and we continue to live yeah. in those desperate realities and we choose not to see beyond our parameters and I'm here to say as someone who's just a voice on a podcast yeah, love your neighbor as you'd like to love yourself give each other the benefit of the doubt don't allow the media don't allow government to dictate how you should treat people 
I think it's broken my heart throughout this pandemic. It's really highlighted a lot of things for people. There's been broken marriages, broken relationships, broken friendships over politics of how people should deal with a pandemic. Yep. Were your friendships really worth politics? Were they really worth what a man on a television is telling you? I'm sorry to say it wasn't worth my marriage. Yeah. Me and Kelsey, we've had very different differing opinions on things. Like desperate different opinion, differing opinions. Yeah. But my love for my wife comes before any politics. My love for what she helps her feel comfortable comes before any politics. There's yeah. been things me and Dalton have disagreed on throughout this pandemic. Our friendships, our friendship comes before politics. Caring yep. for people should always come before your politics, regardless if you want to demonize people or not. We are all people. For the most part, we're just trying our best to get by. Yep. That's my message that I want to leave. It's just love your neighbor. And yeah. Hear them out. Yeah. I'll leave it at that for me. <laughs> I know you, uh, you tied that up beautifully. That was, a. Uh, I really couldn't have said that better. I probably would have been a little bit more heated. So, <laughs> you know, you had a little bit more couth than me. Um, oh yeah. This is how I wanted it. Was that so hard? Justin Trudeau. Oh. Just to validate people's experiences. It's not difficult. And that's the, that's, Okay, I'm going to go back just one quick second because it's so easy to just say, I'm not a trucker. I'm a privilege to be the prime minister of this country. I cannot relate at all to your line of work, to how you're feeling, or how it affects your family. But I'm going to at least hear you out and then make a judgment based on what I've heard, not on what I want the nation to hear and see and then have the entire nation fight my battle for me. Mm -hmm. Spot on, dude. I appreciate it. And I think um, we didn't, we kind of skipped over, but that's fine. I'm okay with it. Um, But, you know, parliament's been getting heated. You know, things are getting, things are getting pretty spicy. And that's, that's why I want to leave it with that message. It's just, yeah, our friendships, our relationships are not worth this. When whatever happens, if we go to war with China, go to war with Russia, if we get taken over by a foreign country, I don't know. Like I'm talking about the worst case scenario. Yeah. You still will have each other. So strive to love one another because each other is all we got. Yeah. At the end of the day, COVID will pass, you know. <laughs> Did we lose him? Yeah, we lost him. You care about? Hey, man. So let's go. I hear you, dude. So that's the show. I'm grateful that you've joined us one more time. Uh, I know that we uh, we went we did a roller coaster for this one, didn't we? Um, yeah, you know what? It, it was all over the place, but it was all. I mean, like almost all of it is like today issues. Like it's like. Just so much is going on. Yeah, there's a lot to go on. There's, and it can be overwhelming at times. And if you need to, feel free to shut off your phone and just relax and chill and just live. Yeah, use that new, um, if you have an iPhone, the focus feature. Oh, please, yes. Dog, after 9 p.m., don't get a hold of me. It's mm. over. It's hard-pressed. Hard yeah, actually, I do know that uh, firsthand, yes. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's good. No, I, I I love that you establish those boundaries. I really think it's very healthy. I think it's great. Because um, <laughs> it's toxic, dude. It's mm-hmm. I'm just like, I got to. I hear you, dude. We love it. Uh, before we end off, we want to say Valentine's Day is coming up. Happy so. Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. We're grateful. Um, as we were talking about partners, stuff like that, we are actually so grateful as Valentine's. We are doing a giveaway for three couples. Um Four. Who just want to go out for a night? We're, we're co- we'll cover your dinner for up to $100. Um, we'll be doing a giveaway through yep. our Instagram channel. And so, right. so st- keep an eye out. Keep your eyes peeled. That will be dropping Monday afternoon. So actually, if you're watching this on a Monday, you'll be seeing this this afternoon. Um, our Instagram. And yeah, keep an eye on Instagram and what the details are, how to get uh, involved with that. Um, as you know, we only have 360 people on Instagram. So it's highly likely, likely you will get yeah get this let's be honest that is true um so we're here for it we'll let you know how to do it but thank you all so much again for joining us if you made it this far we love you so whatever it is you're doing whether you be going to work or going to the convoy or preparing for world war three whatever it is you're doing wherever it is you are we love you we'll be in the bunker peace peace